Welcome back to the Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Travis, along with me. You, the guy Will over there Schneider. sitting to my left. <laughs> um Yeah, so we've been We've been really uh hitting it hard with these twelve uh our last series of, of twelve episodes. And now completely shifting gears a little bit here. Back um, to once a month. Back to once a month podcast. Uh, sorry for all those dedicated listeners who are just begging for more content. Um, I mean, there's like two of them. We do take donations. <laughs> we were just discussing how uh, um, even our, our pre-recording would would not be worth uh, putting on Patreon or anything like that. <laughs> nobody's going to pay to listen to that. <laughs> Even if we did it as like a, a free bonus, nobody would I don't listen. think anybody would have listened to the whole thing. Uh, I mean, they, they might start it, and then when you started getting into your your uh, <laughs> your different voices. My different voices. <clears throat> I do uh, three. That's what we've discovered. I do three different voices. Well, I, I think four. You have, you have your regular Travis I, voice. I have my voice. The radio voice. I have my radio voice. <laughs> I have, well, we Arnold. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and Beaker. <laughs> so I've got a few of them. A few of them in my repertoire. Um, Anyways. Yeah, getting back on track here. Um <clears throat> Thanks for uh, joining back, and we are we are done with a series, and we're gonna go back into just a different topic uh, every month. And we've been talking about this topic, especially in light of current events, um, yes, and the way that Christians are getting pulled in different directions, and what should the Christian be doing, or what should we believe? So. We thought we'd talk a little bit about Christian worldview, and maybe if we have time, get into a little bit of different cultures, maybe Western versus Eastern Christianity and persecution and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And it so. it it started on the hottest day of the year, spending six hours <laughs> in a kayak on the river. <laughs> I don't uh, think it was the hottest day. It was uh, it was pretty darn close. That's because you were paddling the whole time. <laughs> I was only paddling the last half, and it still took like six hours. But, but yeah, so uh, a, a great relaxing day on the river. A bunch of men. Yeah, it was uh, actually great to have yeah like good conversation. I mean, it was. We probably shouldn't have mentioned that because it was not with this group of. Man. It was not with this group of men. <laughs> At least the guys that uh, typically show up to to breakfast. Okay, so. well let's do it. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, we'll just edit that out there yeah. really quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, so, um, so we're back to talk about a Christian worldview, and we're here to discuss it during a time where there's a tremendous pull of Christ or on the Christians to divide and choose either political parties or a secular worldview that goes against what God's word says and how God has purposefully called his people to be different and set apart. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there's, 
there's really a lot we can talk about with this topic. And yeah, even we when we were uh, kind of pre uh, the the pre gaming with uh, is that the right way to say that? I don't know. I like it. Okay, practice, when, practice. Yeah, <laughs> when we were prepping, we uh, um, just I mean, it was hard to. There was just so many uh, directions we could take it. And so we really need to dive in if we're going to keep this uh, at a reasonable length. Yeah. Uh, we really need to dive in and get to a couple of very specific points. And we'll try not to get off of these points too far. Um, but you all know how, Part that, two. how that <laughs> you all know <laughs> can, how that goes I can for hear us it now. <clears throat> yeah. So, so we all know that a Christian is someone who's supposed to be different than the average Joe, right? Like you're supposed to be able to tell who a Christian is by the way they talk or act, but how, or more importantly, why, you know, and in today's culture, it's easy, especially for Western Christians, specifically United States in 2020 to live a life that looks no different than anyone else. I mean, you can look around now and I can't tell who's Christian and who's not. I can have a conversation unless I bring up God or church or something. I might never know if that person's a Christian. You, you know what's what's funny is that uh, in my in my adult life, and I I, I don't want this to come across <laughs> the wrong way. Okay, this, uh, but I have uh, I have discovered that people I knew back in high school um, were Christians and have been Christians, and I'm like. Well, gee, if if I, I wish I knew that, that. Well, maybe not that far because I'm yeah. I'm definitely in a good situation, <laughs> but uh, you know, I I definitely I, I probably would have maybe asked him out. I don't know, like, but, oh, but you would have never okay. you you'd have never known that they were a Christian, and and even guys like I, you know, I would have hung out with that guy a little bit more if I would have known that he was, sure. you know, headed in that direction, or whatever. Instead of, uh. Yeah, but it it's really hard. It's really hard to so tell. I guess you really don't know. That begs the question: like, should it be obvious who a Christian is? Uh, you know, do we just have it so easy over here? And I'm talking about the United States, because for those couple of international listeners, <laughs> <laughs> we do have a couple. Uh, do we just have it so easy over here that? You know, we don't have persecution like they have in other countries for being a Christian, you know. So there was, and I can't even remember who it was, um, so I apologize for if I'm misquoting and who I'm misquoting, Uh-oh. I apologize. But it was, uh, the, the statement was, um, in, in America, it's so easy to be a Christian, it's hard to be a good one. Uh, maybe that was Craig Rochelle? I don't I know. I think it was me. It was, <laughs> it was not it was me. Probably Craig Rochelle. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, and and I just think that's so true because you know there's not there's not persecution uh, like we see elsewhere, and of course you know um, people are jumping on this bandwagon of yeah. oh being forced to wear masks or not gathering large groups at church. Uh, that's we're being persecuted, like you know. Like all the other countries, that's, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea yeah. what some of those other countries are going through. China is a huge one right now, you know, um, just 
churches daily getting raided. Well, weekly, I should say, getting raided. And uh, well, I mean, I guess I'll bring it up now. <laughs> there's there's a great book out there by Nick Ripkin called "The Insanity of God." Essentially, it's it's he was he was a pastor and he kind of stopped pastoring a church and started traveling the world. Um, going into these persecuted churches and secret churches and kind of wrote a book about some of the people and he, he encountered and how God was reaching people in lost worlds or in lost uh, cultures. And you really get convicted that you're not, uh, if you're not being persecuted, maybe you're not doing something right because should the world really love us? You know, if, if we're, G- Jesus says the world's going to hate us. So right. if, if we can't tell the difference between who's a Christian, and who's not, something's wrong. For sure. I mean, this is, uh, this is no prosperity gospel for sure. Um, the, I mean, even just looking at the early church, looking at, uh, the disciples and what happened with them and what they were going through, um, <laughs> there's there's no compare there's no comparison and it, it really sets the stage if you're um amongst some of the fundamentalists um there there really is no comparison with uh today's american christian uh to or or should we just say westernized or um yeah, I, <laughs> I th- there's I think, no there's no comparison compared to, um, you know, r- relative to what the yeah. early church was going through. Um, we just don't even know how to experience that. We don't know exactly what it's like to be hated. And in fact, some of them, <clears throat> so, some people that I guess do, because there are people that uh, I know of in a certain... Um, I guess <laughs> I'm losing my I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh, the, you know, street preachers are, and stuff, sure. stuff of that nature. Um, you know, that get cussed out and things thrown at them and mm-hmm. whatever. And you could say that they were hated, but nothing compared to the early church, right? I I think like in that book, there was some. I think it was the Chinese church. Some of the churches he was talking to he was talking to them about you know essentially you know you want to be a pastor you're like we have seminary over here and you can go to school and get trained up uh seminary in china is you're thrown in prison for preaching right <laughs> like like if that was the case here how many pastors would we have Right, you know how many how many people would go to church because I don't know statistics, but out of the amount of people out there that call themselves Christian, well, a lot of them are just okay. Well, I might agree with the Christian morals and ethics, and I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe in Jesus, but yeah, that's as far as it goes. If you believe it, if you believed in Jesus, wouldn't you do what he told you to do? Sure, and and, and we of course. We mess up. We're not perfect. You know, we're the worst of the sinners, Trav. And and there's got to be room for forgiveness. But 
Absolutely. But if you look at just even the definition of repentance, yeah, it is uh, the, the very word is defined as turning away from. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, if you're not, uh, if you're not battling every day from your sin, then uh, are you truly repenting? And therefore, if you're not truly repenting, um, how can you accept the gift of eternal life? Yeah. You know, so, um, these are all good questions. <laughs> We're not going to have the answers for you. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we do ask that you would ask yourselves those questions, you right. know, um, and, and dig in a little, maybe, um, maybe start a little, Bible study on the topic or um, just do your own research. And uh, I know there's a lot of good books out there on the matter that you sure. can dig into. And, um, and, and basically I, we don't want, we don't want men, people in general, but this podcast being directed towards us men. Yeah. We don't want you uh, men to be uh, unchallenged because I think being challenged is exactly what makes us grow. Right. So yeah, we want to, we want to spur on your curiosity enough that you're going to take the next step. Yeah. So jump in and email us, tell us we're wrong and, yeah. and provide yeah. us a five page outline as to why. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly. And we will read it and shred it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I want, I want to see people digging in yeah. and, um, and challenging what we say just because, uh, because it, it tells me one, it helps me grow iron sharpens iron yeah. and, it uh, shows me that other men are indeed digging in, right. growing some roots, you know? So, uh, so why should we be different? You know, uh, I think one verse that we can draw from is Romans 12, one through two, which says this, uh, I appeal to you, therefore brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifices holy and acceptable to god which is your spiritual worship verse two do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of god what is good and acceptable and perfect can i just say that i was looking all over the outline for that verse and I couldn't find it. And do you know why? Because it was the only thing that was highlighted on the entire three-page outline. <laughs> and I... Very observant. I couldn't find it because it was, it was highlighted and I just overlooked it. <laughs> it's supposed to draw your attention. Hi, man. Am I... Yeah. Maybe you're colorblind. I am backwards. Maybe. I don't know. All right. But, uh, but Romans 12. So Paul is saying here... Do not be conformed to this world. I mean, we, we could stop right there, throw our hands up, call it good. Hey, we're supposed to be different. Well, and, and exactly how are we being different? The world is um, doing what's best for the world 
doing what's best for yourself, right? And what is our primary perspective um, as Christians? It should be doing the will of the Lord. Right. Whether that's good for us uh, or good for our immediate situation, our our um, our foresight, uh, or or not, we need to be doing the will of the Lord. Whether whether that's uh, well, I mean, here's a for instance, and I, I'm not by any means trying to toot my own horn, but uh, my bride and I, when we were uh, when we were dating. I had asked my uh, father-in-law for permission to marry her, and he said no. Said no. Um, he was not a Christian, and he thought that uh, one that we were too young, but also that we needed to live together um, to give it a try, if you will. And, um, so we, we kind of protested that a little bit (laughs) and then, uh, I came to him again and I was like, uh, I understand your point of view, but, um, that's, I mean, one statistically, uh, marriages, marriages of those who, uh, um, cohabitate are, uh, have a higher divorce rate than, uh, those who don't. Um, but also I said, uh, you know, that's not, that's not what we believe is right. And we need to do what is right. And we, um, like I basically respectfully said, I apologize, but we're going to be getting married. (laughs) And, uh, so, um, that was, that was definitely, um, we expected some persecution there, uh, from him. Uh, and at first we got it, but he, he opened up to the idea and, uh, anyway, that's a, that's a long story on that end. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we can't be conformed to this world. We can't be just moving with the cultural norms as everyone else. Um, we need to be that living sacrifice being that we, um, wake up take up our cross and follow Christ, whatever that cross might be. Mm-hmm. For me, <laughs> it's just waking up in the morning <laughs> <laughs> because I hate mornings. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, that cross might be, um, it, it might be the particular job that you're in. It might be um, being a single parent and, realizing that you know maybe in this situation uh god doesn't want you to move into a relationship because uh you know if if you've uh, been divorced or something along that that line and whatever that conviction is for you um but whatever your cross is you need to take it up on a daily basis and a lot of times that's going to be very contradictorial to uh, cultural norms. Oh, absolutely. And with that comes persecution. It always always has. It always will. In, in some just, way or form. That's just the nature of it. So, so Romans 12 tells us to not conform to the world. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't just tell us what not to do. 
it tells us what we should be doing. And this is what we really should be focusing on here. It says to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And, and here's the reason. So, so why should we be transformed or why should we not be conformed to the world? And why should we be transformed? Because by it, uh, by testing, you may, one, will be able to discern, discern the will of God. And we'll be able to know what is good and acceptable and perfect. So by conforming to the world, I would argue that maybe you're not going to be able to find those things then. If you're conforming to the world, you're not going to know the will of God. And you're going to be confused about what is good and acceptable and perfect. Sure. But by transforming your mind in Christ and God and what his word says, you will be able to discern the will of God and you'll start to realize and be shown what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think you had a verse in Judges, I think that would fit in perfectly right here. Yeah. So in Judges 17, 6, um, it just talks about uh, that in that time of uh, in Israel, there was no king and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. But here's the kicker. <clears throat> if you continue on in the story, uh, they were still wrong, <laughs> right? So here we have a group of people that they're not doing uh, wrong things because they want to be bad and evil and do wrong things. They're a quote-unquote, what, what we may consider a good people, right? Sure. That our, they're, they're doing what they believed was good, um, but it was still unrighteous and unholy in the sight of God. And I think that's what we really need to key in on because we have, we have cultural norms that we've grown up with. Sure. Um, whether they're, and, and very few in the United States, I'll say we're, <laughs> we're, we're not quite the most cultured. Uh, I mean, in and of itself, it's like an uncultured culture, but, uh, um, but we have, whether it's a, whether it's political, whether it has, um, there's there's families that you know uh grow up having you know raising animals and and that's like the thing to do and it's just generational that that you always have pets around um there's there's cultural uh differences amongst not just um races or or um what am i thinking i i want to say tribes but that's not a like uh <laughs> different you know different regional things but also yeah. um also just within one community there's a lot of differences just because of um family orientations mm-hmm. so uh for me i love this part of of Romans twelve two, that says, um, "Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God." And for me, I grew up in a particular church and had a particular uh, set of viewpoints based on my upbringing that was tested when I. Um, got out on my own and had a lot of external mm-hmm. um, 
sources pointing out mostly the hypocrisy, right? Uh, because it's so easy for people to do. But because of that, I, I, I most likely immediately got defensive, I'm sure. Um, but I have this, I have this urge to be right Mm -hmm. and not, not because I want, I want to be right, but because I want to be in the right, if that makes any sense. Um, because it doesn't matter if I win an argument and can walk away and say, I'm right. What really matters is in the end, does God see me as in the right, you know? So I would then reevaluate some of these, um, biases and, and thought processes that I had based on my upbringing and really helped me, I feel, to draw closer to God and come to a new place where I, where I do feel like I'm more in tune with what his overall, uh, what, what Christ's overall objective is. Does that make sense? Sure. So, so I love that aspect of it. Um, and then just jumping into that judges part, because I, you know, I was doing what was right in my eyes, um, right. Based on my upbringing and just how that culture can completely, um, overthrow. And so what my biggest concern is here is that, you know, so many times we, we don't leave our own cultures, right? Um, and even when we go into other places or move to other cities, we find a church or a group of people that are like-minded and we tend to um, rebuild that same similar culture wherever we are. And so we don't, we don't get tested by outside sources and we therefore don't um, renew our minds and have that ability to discern what the will of God really is, you know? And how eerily similar is our culture today, September 2020, to what they're saying here in Judges in 550 B.C.? <laughs> that that, that uh, what we do in our own eyes is still wrong. Because you see it today, especially in the United States, that there's like there's this new worldly notion that well, if it's right for you, it's right. Sure. Like there there's no absolute truth anymore. There there is, but the percept like the world just pushes the, away, says there's yeah. not. Yeah. The, if, if it's good for the me, teaching it's good is for that me. there is not. Yeah. Sure. And Certainly, if if left conforming to the world and without God, we would fall right back into that, or we already are. We already are, and I guarantee. You know, I I said this in our precast um, that you know I guarantee you there is a uh, a well intended good Christian person out there. Uh, maybe listening to this podcast with a wrong view on something. Maybe it's uh, politics. Maybe it's 
um, has to do with uh, their fundamental beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it has to do with uh, how they raise their children, whatever. I guarantee there is one out there, good, well-intended Christian, who has a very unchristlike wrong belief and doesn't even know it and is convinced that they're they're probably sitting there right now thinking well i mean it's not me you know <laughs> i was thinking that is it <laughs> i mean is it maybe maybe it's me right and so therefore i should be my cross every day should be reevaluating my place in the eyes of god Am I still today walking in the will of God? Are you still today walking in the will of God? Mm -hmm. Is the decision you make uh, when you hit the poles, (laughs) or I guess not necessarily when you hit the poles, but is the decision you make when you get on a rant on Facebook about your particular political position, is that representing Christ are you under the will of God? Not in your own eyes, but actually in the eyes of God. And the only way to really know that is to truly know who God is. And the only real way to know who God is is to get to know more of God's people. And some of those people of God are all over the world and raised in different cultures. You know what I'm saying? And so (laughs) if we're just stuck right here in our own little group with our own little like-minded people, how are we being tested and renewing our minds? That's my question. And we're not here to answer. And we're not here to answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best that's the best part of this podcast. This is easy. Man, we've got this. <laughs> we can we can come up with questions all day. <laughs> yeah, uh, so so I guess essentially we're trying to define what a Christian worldview is. And, you know, it, it means that all of our actions and our thoughts are informed by an allegiance to God. It means that we interpret the things around us through the lens of God's word, you know, for his glory and not from our feelings of you know, what we think is right or what the world is telling us to believe. Uh, C.S. Lewis uh, had a quote that so goes like this. It says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. To have a Christian worldview too. Not, let's, let's, let's throw that out. Not even to have a Christian worldview, but to be a Christian because I believe that God is calling us to be different and set apart. Then we need to go about everything and interpret it through God, God's word, and what's going to bring him glory at the end of the day. That was a great, that was a great quote from C.S. Lewis. Do you have a new quote? I have another quote. (laughs) The great master Yoda also has a quote. And uh, from, I'm not even going to say what it's from, because if you're a Star Wars person, you're going to know. He says, Pass on what you've learned, strength, mastery, hmm. but weakness, folly, failure also. Yes, failure most of all. 
the greatest teacher failure is. Luke, we are what they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. And layman's terms. <laughs> layman's terms. <laughs> layman's terms. I don't speak Yoda. Is, hmm. is if we are doing our best to fall more in line with what God deems as truly righteous and we are being teachers as we are instructed to do, baptizing our family in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Then our children should grow beyond that and be even closer and more in tune right. with the will of God. And their grand and, and our grandchildren even closer. Even closer. And and that's kind of where I'm getting at. Like, um, I'm all about like conserving certain um, certain beauty, you know. Um, but there there must be growth, and in order for things to grow, some things have to die. Yeah. <laughs> and if we have to lay down our pride, if we have to. Um, be that living sacrifice and say, I was wrong mm-hmm. and publicly announce that in, to our, our children or our spouse, then by all means, if it's going to, if it's going to move our families more in line with what God sees is right in his eyes and not what we see is right in our eyes, then it's not an option if you ask me. Yeah, we, we have to bring ourselves to a point of humility before God because that's that's what matters here. If you know, God calls us into relationship with him and so we should certainly be conformed not conformed, but transformed into what what God wants for us, what God wants for everyone. But but you know we're not here to talk about what's right and wrong with specific issues and stuff. And I'm sure that in, in the past, and we've talked about specific issues, uh, marriage and stuff like that. And, and, and there is the black world, and white. There, and there we will certainly talk about is. black and white for sure. You but, know, but we're discussing the gray that gets caught <laughs> yes, up yes. with so many people. And, and the point of the gathering, gathering podcast, you know, is to take those, those issues that we've dealt with and sure. struggled with and that other men also struggle with. And just try to point out, well, this is what Scripture has to say, and just kind of bridge that gap and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. And so what we see here, talking about a Christian worldview and how we should be different, we're not just making this stuff up. Um, Romans 12 says it, and... I have a bunch of verses here. I, mean, I was just say I'll, we're we're. I'll just, I'll just I really them. I really like how we're basically like throwing out the whole second <laughs> and half of the third page of this outline that you put together so beautifully because right. we're basically throwing that out to to just include one little part because we're running out of time here. But well, I just want to read through these verses. Yeah. So so Jesus expected, and I wouldn't say just expected, but he uh, he purposed. Christianity was going to be different, and it was going to be hard. Uh, I get this from a handful of verses here. So John 15 says, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. 
If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. Pause right there. That alone, if you're not getting some sort of kickback, if the world is loving you and you're a Christian, that should be a red flag. For sure. And it goes, so it goes on to say, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Uh, Luke 18, 22 says, you know, uh, Jesus demanded radical sacrifice from his people. So he says to the rich man, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. You know, it, when you think of Jesus's 12 apostles, 11 of the 12 apostles died a martyr. In Acts 4, we get a picture of the early church. Uh, right after uh, Christ was sac- or crucified and the church is starting, Acts 4, 34-35 says, There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold, and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. I'm not saying that's how we should be doing stuff now, but God was making people different. They're radically uh, generous in, in, in serving others. Uh, I won't read that next one. <laughs> uh, you know, bas- basically being a biblical Christian is more than just believing in God. You know, it means you're giving up everything about you um, to God. And what was that? Uh, what was that uh, quote you had about the um, the church? As far as what uh, what persecuted Christians? Then, then, okay, yeah, had, so, had talked about for. So there's a quote from the book uh, "The Insanity of God" by Nick Ripkin. Um, and he's talking to persecuted Christians, and he asks them, what advice would you give for basically the American church? And talk talking about living for God, reading your Bible, prayer. Uh, some of, Someone in the persecuted church said this, don't ever give up in freedom what we would never have given up in persecution. I'll read that again because a lot of you probably didn't get it. Don't ever give up in freedom what we, the persecuted church, would never have given up in persecution. And I, <clears throat> I think that's, uh, I think that's very strong. And I think that um, one one of the things that we had talked about uh, on the river mm-hmm. was that what what do other countries pray for yep. uh, regarding the American church and the um, one of the one of the things that came up was persecution mm-hmm. other countries and while we're sitting here praying for the freedoms for other churches throughout the world yeah. they're praying for the persecution of the American church because they realize just how closer they are growing to God by being ripped out of their cultural norm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, it sucks when you think about it. I don't, I don't want 
that for my kids. You know, I don't want that for me. I don't, but uh, I don't want the persecution, you know, Yeah. but, but I want the closeness Mm -hmm. and can we really have both? You know, should we be living a life so free and easy? You know, I guess, is it God's blessing to us that we're not persecuted? Or are we just not taking God and his commandments and his word serious? One other thing before uh, we're coming up on our time here. Um, If you're coming across... uh, this podcast and you're thinking about the Christian worldview and maybe you're thinking about, well, yeah, but, uh, I know, I know what's right. And I know some people that need to hear this and need to hear the right way. You know, you can't expect, first of all, you can't expect non-Christians to believe and follow what God calls his people to do and follow. And so when you do our talking to people about, uh, Christian worldview, how God calls us versus how the world is is drawing people. I think you put it uh, to draw, to, uh, to do it, uh, faith through grace, by, by grace, <laughs> I think is how you put it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even remember. Like that. I don't even remember because uh, I didn't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> you're, talk, you're talking about that we need to be grace, graceful. Um merciful and yeah yeah you can't come on strong like a lion uh, sometimes you need to be a lamb yeah um i mean we need to understand that there is grace through faith yeah uh and um we you know we we do need to stand up for uh the law but um but just make sure that you're not standing up for like the mosaic law, <laughs> like that you're, that you're standing up for, um, true, uh, the true story, the true full picture that Christ is trying to give. And, and, and that picture is not even fully painted and yeah. it won't be until his return. But, um, you know, uh, how, how did Jesus act with the non-believers? Yeah. He was, he was the lamb. He was grace. How did Christ act with the religious elite? Um, and, and really those who were good on the outside, but hateful on the inside, he was the lion and he struck back. Um, and I think that's how we need to. And uh, one of the biggest ways we can change this is being in community with other people by being in God's word and being in prayer. Uh, you have to pray. And so, men, one thing is certainly evident and obvious when reading through Scripture, and that is how God has purposed and expects his people to be set apart, to be different, and to live a life that will bring glory to his name. And all that starts today. That's it for this episode of The Gathering Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you found value in today's episode, please hit that like button, share, and subscribe. We'd also appreciate a good review. But more importantly, if you're in the Gladwin, Michigan area, 
Please join us for the Gathering Breakfast, held the second Saturday of each month at the 963 building on North M18, where we'll have plenty of bacon, and we'll touch on this episode briefly with some more outlook from men like yourself.